Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Wired Up Sports Podcast. I'm Josh Coleman alongside my host Dylan Malfatti. I promise I'll get his name correct this week. Um, how you doing today, Dylan? <laughs> Zach is gone. Zach, Zach is gone. <laughs> Zach is dead. Uh, dude, I am fantastic. Ab sweep, baby. Let's go. Yeah, it um, was huge. Yep. Get a little hype music in here. <laughs> Just some like super house dance music. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna crank it. Oh. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, dude, I'm fantastic. I did not. I did not fall asleep last night until probably 1 a.m. Um. So, you know, I'm a little tired, but I was too hyped. I was too hyped last night. That's that's fair. I, I don't blame you. I was pretty excited. I think I was still playing PlayStation at one, so you're all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been, I, I don't know about you, but school's killing me. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm doing okay, actually. I, I'm pretty much done until next week. I've got... Oh. Got two finals on Monday, and that's pretty much it. See, and most of my stuff is done this week. Oh, damn, that's nice. Yeah, like, I have a couple of classes that I have to go to next week, but for the most part, I have, like, a presentation and one test, but for the most part, everything has to be in um, by, like, Sunday, I think, at the latest. Or Monday is my last one, but it's... A re- my final resume and cover letter for senior portfolio so oh no that's gonna <laughs> be super difficult yeah not gonna be super hard <laughs> yeah um, i i uh i've got like a day and like a quarter next week and then i'm done i'm done fair so i got 11 days until i'm out of this bitch <laughs> i can't out, wait dude. yeah i can't wait i'm exhausted from school i've been up till i was up till four two nights ago and i've been up till three for like three times in the last six days so i've gotten maybe actually last night i slept a good six hours i think that's not awful prior to that it was like 10 10 hours in three days but jesus man yeah so that's not good no, it's not. So if I seem a little low energy, it's because I'm exhausted. Fair, fair. Uh, but on today's show, we'll be talking playoffs and some more playoffs with the NBA and the NHL. We'll talk about the abs and all of their beautiful playoff execution so far, outscoring Nashville by almost... 15 goals if i'm just doing the math correctly uh, off the top of my head because we uh, did it yesterday because they scored uh we'll we'll get into that later but we'll talk that we'll talk about tom brady's historic deal with fox sports uh and, and then the legendary patrick marlowe who just announced his retirement today gonna see sad to see him gone but we'll we'll start off the show by talking about Tom Brady's massive deal with Fox Sports to become a commentator the immediately after his retirement 
it, I think it just continues to show the fact that Tom must not like his kids because he refuses to stay in that house. No, he does not want to spend any time there whatsoever. <laughs> He's, he signed this before he, he came, retired, came back, signed a deal to, for 10 years after, immediately after his retirement. <laughs> Retired for 40 days, and he was like, I'm sick yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah, can't do it anymore. Get me out of this house. I'm Get done. me out. But his contract is unreal to me. Because yeah. Fox Sports gave him, uh, for those who haven't seen it, I know me and Dylan both have, but for those who haven't, Fox Sports gave him a 10-year, $35 million deal to be an NFL analyst and to commentate sports. This shatters the rest the the largest contract in sports broadcasting history as it doubles both CBS Tony Robo Tony Romo and Troy Aikman's average annual salary of 18 million per season. I know that this is something that you and I kind of both are hoping to do someday. You know, along the same lines. We won't make a fraction of a fraction of that in our lifetime. No. I'll be lucky if I even touch his annual salary in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll be lucky if I touch Romo and Aikman's annual salary in my lifetime of 18. Like, I don't, I would like to make $18 million in my lifetime. I don't know if I will. It seems cool, though. I'd be fine with that. Seems really awesome. I don't think it will ever happen. We're just going to be broke for life, buddy. I I mean, probably. (laughs) That's kind of what, it's kind of what, if you can't like get into a really big media program or like broadcasting job, it feels like it's just very little money, but you know what? Got to start somewhere and I will take that first job for little money. Oh yeah, absolutely. In a heartbeat, probably. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I'm hoping I am granted. I'm not excited to see Tom Brady's face and hear his voice every Sunday for the next 10 years after he retires. But I do think he's going to be a really, really good commentator. He'll be a good analyst. Obviously, he knows the game so well um, that I think he'll he'll be just fine as an analyst. Um, here's my thing about Ty, and he's gotten better about this recently, but he just seems so bland. You know what I mean? Fair. Yeah, no fair. And and so I feel like I feel like that's going to be I don't know, it's just going to be hard. Like I said, he's gotten better about it. I don't know if you saw he he uh did like a TikTok or something like that the other day. Oh yeah, about <laughs> about the the, the, the talk rule. rule. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like that was a fumble. <laughs> he said it might have been a fumble and it I'm like Tom. Been a fumble. Yeah. One, it's 20 years old at this point. Two, it probably was a fumble. And three, you're just pissing the Raiders nation off. That's all you're doing is just stirring the pot and making them angry. <laughs> a little bit. And I found it to be pretty funny. I, I did too. It gave, me, it gave <laughs> in, me a good chuckle. In all honesty, I found it to be pretty funny. But um, yeah, he he doesn't have the same sort of witty character that you see in like a Peyton Manning, you know? Whereas I don't know if you watch the Manning cast at all. Uh, it's the Dude, only Peyton, way I could watch Monday night football. Peyton Manning is absolutely hysterical. And I just don't think that 
uh, Tom Brady has that sort of personality, you know? Um, I think I think he does, because I don't know if you ever watched Tom Brady on Peyton's Places. One, if you haven't seen a ton of Peyton's Places, they're all really good. I highly recommend you watch them. Great show. Uh, I, I haven't watched the Eli one because, well, I don't... <laughs> Eli might be more bland than Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can kind of see a good bit of fun personality from Tom as him and Peyton kind of just banter back and forth and crack some jokes to each other. But I- I'll give that to you. It it does. It, I could see him being a little bland until he kind of finds his groove in the booth. Yeah. Because I, I don't I'm not going to say he's going to be like nervous. There's probably going to be some nervous energy, but he he's got to find his broadcasting style. Because, I mean, he's st- he has the documentary. He's been talking to the media, but it's a little different. Yeah, he's than... coming at it from a player's perspective, right? And I mean, obviously, that's important in an analyst role. You want that sort of uh, that history, that knowledge of the game. Um, and like I said, I don't think that he's going to be a bad analyst by any means. I think he's going to do right. really well. Um, you know, I just, I have my own personal beef with Tom Brady. Not that I know him or anything like that. <laughs> it's not a personal beef. It's just the fact that I don't like the teams that he's played we, for. We just like don't that. like Tom Brady. And I respect Brady. it. <laughs> I respect it. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, I'm a little surprised to see the money he got and the fat and the length. I'm not. I, th- I, I just didn't think it would be a 10-year deal. For a guy who's never been in a broadcasting booth. I didn't think... I'd see like maybe a two to four year deal with big money to get him there. But kind of like a test it out. We'll see how you do if you like it. And dip your toes in a little bit. Yeah. But I I didn't see a 10 year deal coming out. I do think he's going to be better than Tony Romo. Because we all love Tony Romo for what he brings with his yeah. football knowledge, the fact he can call out plays, Tom Brady's going to have a damn playbook up there. Like, he's not even going to need to see it. He's just going to see the formation and know exactly what they're running. Right. Yeah, he's. I like Tony Romo, too, I think. Um, <laughs> him taking over Phil Simms' role is the best thing CBS could have ever done. I, I absolutely agree with you. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I like Tony Romo. I think that... Tom will be kind of similar to that. We lost you a little bit right there. Repeat that. Uh, I Sorry. I was just saying um, that I, I could see Tom being that sort of, that same sort of personality on TV, I guess, as Tony Romo. Yeah, I, I, I think that's kind of where we're going to be at. And I must not have liked it. But there was, I saw a post today for all of the NFL broadcast crews. And honestly, I can't say that there was there's a single one that I'm gonna really dislike watching. Yeah, no, they're all they're all pretty decent. They all have really good um like chemistry kind of. Plus, I'm super excited for the new um Amazon Prime tandem. I'm actually debating trying to maybe getting Amazon because it's Herb Street and Al Michaels. I, you know, I love Herb Street. I, I think Herb Street's one of the best Ohio state guy. 
Uh, he, he I is. can't watch him if it's an Ohio State game, but I like him. <laughs> I, I love Herb Street. I think he's he brings a wealth of knowledge, um, you know, through the TV, and he's just a uh, he's interesting to listen to when he breaks down games. Yeah, you know? I agree. The so. only one, well, I, I I lied. There is one that I dislike. Joe Buck. I actually don't mind Joe Buck. Ah, man, I I don't I hate the other guy a lot more than Joe Buck, and I'm sure you're gonna agree with me on this point. Of Chris Collinsworth, uh, I don't hate Chris Collinsworth. Uh, I can't stand him. Like yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't dislike Collinsworth. Um, I really like Al Michaels. I think that probably makes up for for Collinsworth, but um, yeah, but yeah. it's we want to talk now. about. Uh, it's Mike Tirico, who I love, okay. and Chris Collinsworth. I guess I haven't really seen him too much. I didn't yes, you have. Football. I didn't watch much football last year. Yeah, but Tirico does Tirico. everything. I was yeah, like, you. I was like, you know, because I I don't even know how Mike Tirico does it. That man commentates everything. Yeah, I know who Tirico is, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I Anyway. <laughs> I think we can say, and this will be the last point, though, before we transition into the NBA playoffs, best broadcast crew is going to stay Nance and Romo. Yes. yes. Like, they're the two best at it. They have the best chemistry, and they're the funniest. Because Romo, you can feel that he's gotten comfortable in the booth and it, and cracks jokes during the game. He's... My favorite is, you know it's going to be a good call if Romo doesn't have the suit jacket on, he's not buttoned up, and his sleeves are rolled up. You know it's going to be a great game. Yeah. Every, every time you see him like that, you're like, oh. oh this is going to be cute. a good one. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, any final points on that? I, I, just, I know we talked about it a little longer than we wanted to, but I just thought we should start off the show by talking about that monster contract. Yeah, no, big contract, Tom Brady. We'll see how he does. I think he'll be fine, but yeah, yeah. we'll see. Probably yeah. still got, I mean, minimum one more year of Tom Brady. I think if he wins this year, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's done. If he doesn't, may and there's not like a severe drop in his play, he'll come. He'll come back. But if yeah. he hits that cliff, I don't. I don't think he would come back. No, no, no. I, I don't see I don't, why he would. I don't think he's going to hit that cliff, but... I don't either. But you never I, know. I, mean, I would like him to, but... he's He's been around a long time. Yes, he has. So, we'll see. It. Anyway. Anyway, moving into uh, other title aspirations. NBA playoffs has been... A little interesting in the second round, to say the least. A lot of really good series, a lot of game, a lot of series where I'm like, I really don't know who's gonna win this. Like it could go either way. The only one I think, and it, now it didn't start this way until the jaw injury. The only one I think with a clear winner right now is the Golden State Memphis series. I mean, even without jaw. They've they've uh, given they them played, good games. They played pretty well. 
So it's it's just the fact that I don't think I they need Ja to win the series, especially down three one now. Yeah. Yeah, and, they definitely they definitely do. Um and I don't I don't think that they have what it takes to beat Golden State. I think Golden State is destined to meet Phoenix in the conference finals. Like it's just gonna happen. I don't think Dallas has what it takes to beat Phoenix either. They've given them a good series though. They have. You know, credit credit to them. I, I think that they've been pretty good series, but I don't think that they have what it takes to pull off a series win. I agree with you. So um yeah, we'll see Golden State Phoenix in the conference finals. And then uh, in the East, I, I don't know. Uh, East Philly, is a... Philly is like, man. <laughs> no, we hate off. you, Philly. I mean, yeah, but you can't deny that they've been playing really well. They have been. And James Harden played well in, in game four as well. And, and that's really what they need is James Harden to actually play well and be a floor general. Because, I mean, in game four, he played 41 minutes. He didn't necessarily shoot that great from the field, 8 of 18, but he was 6 for 10 from behind the three-point arc, 9 for 10 from the free-throw line, pulled down 7 rebounds, dished out 9 assists, and scored 31. It's a good game. That's It's a good game. It's his best game of the series, arguably perhaps the playoffs. Uh, not arguably, I think it is. I don't think okay. he had any particularly good games. He, yeah, he hasn't had a game like this, at least. I just didn't know how you would stand on that point, so that's why I said arguably. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that the West, to your point that you made a little bit ago for the uh, Suns and Warriors meeting in the in the championship, Western Conference Championship Finals, uh, I think you're right. That conference seems a little bit more locked up than the East. The East right now? It's wide open. It's, it's, a, game. it's a dog fight to see who's going to get there. Yep. I could see the Celtics beating the Bucks. could see that. You could also flip that around and see the Bucks beating the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, yeah. both both series tied 2-2. Did you see uh, Al Horford? Last night, I think it was. Um, I didn't get to watch it, but I saw some highlights of it. Yeah, he, uh, I guess Giannis shot him a look and <laughs> pissed him off a little bit. Yeah. I, there was a tweet from his sister that was like, oh no, I've seen that look. He's pissed. <laughs> you really don't want to piss Al Horford off. Oh. Like, I understand he's getting up there in age, but that man, as he showed last night, is a baller. Like, you do not want to get him angry because he'll drop 30 and nearly hit 30 and 8 last night. But that's him and a very efficient shooting day in all 42 minutes of the game. Yeah. He was 11 of 14 from the field and 5 for 7 from behind the arc. So that means just he missed just one shot from inside the arc. And the Celtics in general were very efficient. 50% from the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly 40 from three. Nearly, Yeah, exactly. 
and yeah. 90% and only missed two free throws in, in the game. That's how you win games. Yeah. That's how you win games if you make your free throws. And actually, the Bucks made one more free throw than the Celtics took. I just think that's a little funny. I don't know why, but it just tickles me a little bit. I don't know. We can go on about refing in the NBA. It's we're beating a dead horse at some point. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it, yeah. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know like how yeah, I don't know how it was refed, you know. Um Giannis had something to say about it the other day. Not much because apparently he has to pay for diapers. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Gotta pay for diapers. Giannis, you make so much money. Yeah, what do so you much. mean? Gotta pay for diapers. Like, yeah, you do, but why is that even a concern? No, like, I gotta pay for diapers. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I know, I, I believe he said that, though, at one point. I don't know. Giannis? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, he made a joke. Yeah. yeah and I was like, it, why is it, why is it, why is yeah, it even like, a concern? That's what I'm like. He makes millions of dollars. Millions. I don't even know what his contract is, but it's let me let me look it up really quickly. But I know he's he's got I'm pretty sure a super max. I love Giannis. Yeah, he makes two twenty eight over five years. Yeah. Yeah. So dude is rolling in money. Yeah, um, and by the time the deer deals over, he'll have made three hundred and thirty five dollars. Not three hundred and thirty five million dollars. And then he'll get another super max. Conference. Yeah. Plus yeah. he's still getting endorsements. That's just basketball money. Yeah. That doesn't include any yeah, endorsements, sponsorships, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. The Nike sponsorship, anything where, yeah, it's ridiculous how much money he makes. Uh, but, but that series, the Bucks Celtic series, to me, whoever comes out of that, series right now I think gets to the finals yeah I'll agree with that the way that that they're both playing it just feels like that's kind of the what should have been the conference finals matchup yeah yeah should have been but obviously seating didn't work out like that but it just feels like that right um no I I agree with that I think that this is going to be the series where you know, the Eastern Conference team comes from it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I still think Miami is going to end up pulling out the series against the Sixers. If James Harden plays like he did in game four for the rest of the series, I could easily see Philadelphia taking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Embiid has been playing pretty well recently, too, so. Yeah, he had a rough game three, but I can't necessarily blame him after coming back from the from the concussion and then wearing the face mask. It's adjustments that you have to make. But he had 24 last night, 11 rebounds, shot over 50%. Uh, if I'm doing the math just off my head correctly, it's like 54% from the field, uh, 7 of 13. I just... I, I don't know how to feel about this series. Like Miami and Philadelphia, it, it this one, well, both the East series are like flip a coin 
it's a 50 50. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to think about any of this because, I mean, the 76ers in, have been playing pretty well. The Heat have struggled in the past couple of games. Yep. Um, obviously, they did a lot better last night, or excuse me, two nights ago than they did Friday night. Like yeah. Yeah. 70, with 70. 78, 76 points. 79. Oh 79. It was That's 99 awful. to 79. That's seriously terrible. I. It's it's you'd inexcusable. Been, yeah, you'd have been better off just not ever shooting. <laughs> yeah, I mean they shot 35 percent in that from the field in that game, 23 from behind the arc. I'm still a little confused on why Duncan Robinson's not playing, but you know I trust. Spolstra, he's a great coach, but that is someone who, to me, needs to be getting some minutes because he's just a lights-out shooter. Yeah. Well, and they could not... The reason is they couldn't make anything from beyond the arc, and they couldn't guard Philly from taking shots from beyond the arc. They were almost 50% from three. They had a better three-point percentage than it than they did a field goal percentage. Yeah, yeah. So that that's just wild to me. Um, yeah, you don't see that very often. Miami was just not hitting any shots ever. <laughs> yeah, ever. they they struggled in Game Three, and Philly's one of the better defensive teams in the in the NBA as well in terms of some of the personnel. Plus Matisse Thybul, who I think is. Uh, one of the top 10, I, I don't know if I can say top five, I would actually have to think about my list more, but for sure top 10 perimeter defenders and just defenders at, at the guard and wing position in the NBA. So, but, you know, let's talk about some winners we actually care about. We'll start with the man, the myth, the legend, the Serbian man, himself Nikola Jokic who just won his second NBA back M- NBA MVP back-to-back MVPs joins a very very illustrious group of back-to-back MVPs um the only one that ever catches flack in that list is Steve Nash I think it's justified but uh, I, it hurts cuz I love Steve Nash but it it's yeah. Amazing company to be joined with. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, oh God, I'm going to this website where there's going to be ads just blaring in my ear. <laughs> so if I just that's, stop, that's the like, worst. Um, yeah, let's look at this list. So Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem, Moses Malone, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, Steve Nash, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Giannis, Tadakunpo. All back-to-back MVPs. Mm-hmm. There is it, not a single guy on that list. Steve Nash is the weakest link on that list. He's still a great NBA player. Yeah, and he's a terrific NBA player. The The issue that everybody has with Steve Nash is uh, the season that he... The first one he won was justified. He was the best player in the league. The second one you could have given it to... I can't remember who else was in the race, but you could have given it to someone else. Like, it was one of those where you like... Eh, was he the MVP though? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's 
crazy company to be joined. Nick Wright is losing his mind over on wherever. <laughs> I don't even know what network he's on. I think he's it's Fox, but I can't yeah. remember. It's you know what? Worst. Yeah. I, Did you s- all these Jokic haters and Joel Embiid worshippers, if you want to call them that, they can they can just suck it, dude. Just suck it. Yeah, and and <laughs> don't get us wrong. Embiid had a terrific season. Oh yeah, not, absolutely. Nobody's it, ever going to deny that he deserved it, to be in the conversation. But Jokic is the only for, player. If it was not for Jokic's season, yeah, Joel would have won it. Yeah, but if it Jokic w- just had a better all around season. Actually, Period. I'll I'll semi push back on that. If Jokic didn't have the two thousand points, a thousand rebounds, and five hundred assists as the only player ever to do it, it would have gone to Embiid. If he would have gotten, if he didn't get that mark, but he did, and that's that's the point that I'm trying to make. No, I know, but like, you know. if it's just, I think that's the Embiid would have ended up winning if Jokic didn't get, say, he finished like four ninety nine. And nobody ever knew. Yeah. I guess so. But it, it's like one rebound that changed and no, one I, assist that changed it for Embiid. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Jokic, I'm, I'm happy Jokic about it. Jokic did do that. Jokic had better numbers than Embiid this season. Um, he was the better... He was better offensively. I don't want to say he was better defensively, although he did have more steals than Embiid. Embiid had more blocks. It's kind of a toss-up there. Um, I think Embiid's the better defender, but yeah, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. Where Jokic stands out is his offensive output and his rebounds. And his, I think really it's the facilitating. Yeah. He's a point guard at a five, as a five. Which is is outrageous, you know. Um, But the ball comes through him every, every play. Michael Malone has set it up that way. Because Jokic is a dual threat. He can make some wild circus passes. Or he will just beat you fundamentally. Um, yeah. And it doesn't matter how much you're trying to gouge his eyes out. Draymond Green. <laughs> he's still going to beat you. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, um, no, it, it's well-deserved by Jokic. All the people saying that it's not well-deserved... Just look at the numbers. Go kick rocks. Go kick rocks. Look at the numbers, and you'll see. This is not a knock on Joel Embiid. And if Joel Embiid had won it, I would have been like, he did have a great season. Yeah. You know? I think either way, if it went to Joel, Nikola, or Giannis, I don't think there can be a ton of... Like, you can say it didn't go to the right guy, but they all had fantastic seasons. Oh, yeah, they did. Absolutely, they did. Granted, Giannis going three-time... That might have been some controversy. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. So, but Jokic is what twenty-seven. Yes, believe so. So, you know, he's kind of right there in his prime, right now. Yeah, and he's got a realistically going to have a supermax offer this this off season that he has already stated. If it's on the table, he's going to sign. But yeah, uh, did you see? George Carl and Nick Wright's interaction on Twitter. It did not. Oh. George Carl, I just love 
I just love George Carl. He goes to bat for the Nuggets, even though they did him kind of dirty. They yeah, they've done they did him a little dirty. They yeah. he need he needs to get retired as one of the best coaches in Denver history because he he was he was absolutely. But uh, Nick Wright, I'm not sure if you saw the clip either, but there's a clip of him on his show that I don't think is actually a good show, but um, there's a clip of him on his show, and the tweet the tweet that they put out with the text reads, the NBA MVP is now one less thing that I need to care about. Once upon a time, it mattered, uh, dot, dot, dot. Back-to-back MVPs used to be reserved for the all-time best of the best, plus Steve Nash. Two years in a row now, Jokic's team is at home when the award's actually announced. That's the quote from Nick Wright. It's a minute and a half long clip, but that was basically what he said summed up. Uh, And then he's wrong. We can talk about that in a second. But uh, George Carl replied, I bet Nick hasn't been in a hoops gym before. (laughs) So... So Nick responded with, I bet I work for a team before you do again, Georgie. One, if anybody ever signs Nick Wright to work for a team. They're out of their mind. Right, like that organization needs to be checked. (laughs) And so... Losing losing organization for years after that. Yeah, it'd be a a real Jacksonville Jaguars move. The worst judge of talent. Yeah, he's awful. And then George's final response to that was, uh, you work in sports, Nick. I thought you were maybe Tom Green or Adam Driver for a minute there. My bad. (laughs) And I just, I read it and I just kind of slow clapped in my apartment. I was like, George, you handled that perfectly. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Yeah. George, George is a, is a good guy. I I like him. Yeah. I like him. Ever since he started working here, you know, it's like, yeah, I liked him as a coach. I had some issues with playoff execution and performance from some of the teams. But at the end of the day, he was a very good head coach, always made the Nuggets one of the best teams in the NBA. And it was one of the most fun eras of Nuggets basketball ever to watch. Yes. Yeah. So I got nothing but praise for the guy. Nope. Does Nick Wright have some sort of like personal beef against Jokic? I have no idea because he like uh, earlier last week, he went on. He went to bat for Luka Doncic being picked on by the Suns, calling it, quote unquote, unfair and that they should just play straight up. As if he wasn't just complaining about Nikola being picked on in the pick and rolls, which is exactly what they're doing to Nikola or Luka Doncic. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you can't really have it both ways, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Why does anybody listen to this clown? I, I don't yeah. know how he has a job. He's worse than Skip Bayless. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on Skip Bayless. I know. That's, I, I cannot the reaction. Skip Bayless. It's the reaction everybody has, and, I, and we're like, how does he still have a job? And I Nick Wright is somehow worse. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's a Fox. They're all Fox sports guys. And look, yeah. okay, I love Shannon Sharp for what he did for Denver, too. Love Shannon. But I can't listen to him either. Some of his takes are... I'll give that to you. Some of his awful. takes are awful. They're awful. They're but really bad. 
I will forever love watching Shannon because it's one, he's got some of the funniest clips and quotes of all time. Um, and two, because his energy is just unmatched. And I'm like, I just need some of that in my life every once in a while. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I don't watch that show regularly cause I hate Skip Bayless. Um, but I don't yeah. watch that show period. Cause I hate Skip Bayless. I watch the clips that Shannon posts. But that's about it. But, but yeah, Jokic, I mean, MVP, MVP, very deserving story. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, the, actually the last point I want to make because it was hilarious was another tweet. The one hit wonders, the Jokic brothers popped back up on Twitter. What? <laughs> it's literally, <laughs> oh, they tweeted so much. I missed this. Oh, the one that I saw, though, it was, uh, and of course, I just scrolled off of it. Hold on. Now I got to get back to it. It's thank you to NBA for MVP, my brother, Nicola. <laughs> At Keith Morris, cry, you never get MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Follow, follows up with, how sad you never... How sad you not ever win MVP. You said MVP Nicola, not you. Cry baby at, at Keith Morris at Muck Morris. <laughs> they just went on a rant. Oh my There's God. like six more tweets. They just went on a rant going after Markeith Morris. Dude. <laughs> and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, they're back. And it's awesome. It's a fantastic game. <laughs> oh, I love them. They're they're goats on Twitter to in my eyes. Yeah, just one hit wonders. They come, stir up drama, call people out, and then disappear. Love it. It's specifically Markeith Morris. Specifically yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> just for the one incident that happened. I, <laughs> when what? That was like December. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I think so. And they're. <laughs> Yeah, the deleted tweet, I think. I I can't find it. Everything is from May 9th. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, nope, April 4th. Here we go. All right, we'll scroll back a little bit. Yeah, and if everybody, if our listeners don't (laughs) follow the Jokic brothers or know what they are, it's Nicole's brothers. Their profile does not have a photo. It is literally titled Jokic Brothers, and the at is at Jokic Brothers. And it's the greatest account that you will never remember you follow until they just pop back up. And you're like, oh, my God. They retweeted, they retweeted the NBA saying, Markeith Moore scores his first basket and has returned to the Miami Heat. <laughs> Jokic Brothers retweeted this saying, you are a crybaby. Nicola, do baby shove you flopper, stop lie, baby, shove lie, prove wrong, no. It, it, <laughs> he cry, baby, baby, shove. It's, it's <laughs> truly one of the greatest follows in the world. And you can legit just scroll through their Twitter, and it's uh, all hilarious. And it's all aimed directly at Marquise Morris. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, it's great. Hilarious. It's great. I highly suggest it for everybody. 
Oh. And, you know, let's jump into this. It's great. Everybody should go follow him. Well, let's jump into some more winners. I know we we kind of talked about it when we let let off the show. But Colorado Avalanche. Sweet. The sweet baby. Sweet. Get your brooms out. We're going sweeping. Where is it? Where's the hype music? Let's go. Hype music. Let's go. Let's go. All I think of when you say hype music is uh, the Rocky song. <laughs> all I think about. I don't know why, but it's playing in my head right now. I mean, I'll edit that in here. I don't care. <laughs> no, I, that I, we might get copyright striked. <laughs> We're not monetized. It's fine. I mean, fair, but fair. Uh, but yeah, Nugget or... Abs get the sweep. Uh, huge, huge win. It was a master class put on by the Abs. I don't think... By watching this series, every NHL team's got to be thinking, man, I really do not want to play them right now. I mean, Daryl Sutter, the Calgary Flames coach, said it back in, like, February. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was a. A waste of eight days? Well, it wasn't a waste of eight days. It was a waste of seven days. Yeah. They got they got that eighth day to travel back at least. Yeah. But, but it was it was indeed a waste of seven days by Nashville. Yeah. It, the game one, Avs won seven to two. Game two, only like close really game. close game. It was a close Avs game. Well, won okay. two one in overtime. Score, I, I know game the four was close. Yeah, the, the score, score was, was close, close in game two. The actual play was not heavily favored yeah. at all. Oh, dude, Abs way outplayed the Predators. Connor Ingram stood on his head that game, made uh, 49 saves, I think it is what it was. Uh, yes, um, I think that's what it was, was 49. I'm, I, I will double check. And only gave up two. And then obviously he kind of laid an egg. <laughs> game three got it another was, got yeah. another touchdown dropped on him with the yeah, extra point with the extra point yeah game three ended up going seven to three in the in the abs favor game four was five three in the abs favor and game think, four ha- was a little close for what like the first period and a half uh maybe it, it was no, 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 no. It was uh, it was close through about a quarter of the way through the third. Okay. Nashville ended up taking the lead, and then uh, the Abs were like, ah, "Okay, now it's you know the meme forward. when you're playing video games and you go, yeah, you, you lean sit forward, up, they yeah, lean, lean forward, forward. yeah, yep. they lean forward, and then it was all over after that. So that." The first goal was wild. I don't know if you saw it. Burakovsky took a shot and scored a goal through the net. Oh, I did not see this. It literally went through the net. And they called it a no goal originally because it just trickled down yeah. on the backside of the net, right? Um, 
So they played on for like two more minutes. And then they stopped it and went, hey, that was a good goal. And then had to put time back on the clock. <laughs> they had to go back. They were like, wait, guys. <laughs> wait, hold on. We messed up. They were talking about this on the DMVR podcast yesterday. And they were like, could you imagine if Nashville had scored in that time? And then they reviewed it and were like, hey, that was Burakovsky's goal was a good goal. Yeah. So we're going to have to take your goal, Nashville, off the board and go back. That would have that would have been brutal because it would have changed the entire dynamic of the yeah, game. The, you know, yeah, it would have changed the entire scope of it. That would have taken the wind right out of their sails. You know, and yeah, Nashville Nashville held the lead for all of like five minutes in this entire series, um, and it was in the third period of of this last game, game four. Yeah. So the the abs played out of their mind. Kale McCarr. I I can't. I, I don't know what to say about him. He's other than he is. He's probably the best hockey player on the planet. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Un truly unbelievable. Yeah. And you, my favorite storyline from this entire series is Matt Duchesne. Who claimed he, he requested the trade in 2017 saying, I wanted to play some playoff hockey. Yeah. Since then, Matt Duchesne has played in 23 playoff games. The Avalanche have played in 47. Yeah. So, Maddie, I don't think it worked out the way you, you wanted it to. It worked out for us. Yes. If we got Sam Gerrard and we got. Kale McCarr because of that trade. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely, I, it definitely worked out in the ads favor. I'd go back and I make that trade 10 times out of 10. And while we're on the subject of Kale McCarr, uh, I, so look, I get being upset at your team being swept, but since when is it okay to throw Skittles at players? It's a very good question, Dylan. It's it's not like no, it's, it's a good not. question because it's like it's never okay. But if there is ever a time, I was trying to think of one. Yeah, ah, I got one. Okay, I got one. You can throw him at Marshawn Lynch. If he was if he was a teammate, you could throw him at Marshawn Lynch. He's the only one you could do it to. Fair, that's fine. That dude basically lives on Skittles. So. Right, right. But Fair to enough. your point, it's not, but, it's not, it, it's not okay. Yeah, it's not okay. Kale McCarr had this to say. I'll play a little bit of audio here. Yeah, it was just like uh, the last minute of the game there. I'm not sure. They were just throwing stuff. They were throwing stuff over the glass before, obviously. Not a fun way for you to end a season like that, but yeah. How could you tell they were Skittles? So I'm, so I'm uh, before the base off on the ice, and then, uh, so Skittles being thrown at the players mid-game, not okay. I don't it's ridiculous. I don't care how upset you are about your team being absolutely destroyed in the playoffs. Like it's just not acceptable. 
period. End of story. Yeah, and, you know, this is now I'm thinking we'll have to talk about this next week because this is an ongoing issue and it's been a big one in the NBA. Yeah. Recently. And so maybe next week we'll have to talk about apparently the do's and don'ts of how to behave yourself in public when you're at when you're getting receiving entertainment basically yeah it's a sport they're putting a show on for us yeah you sit there you sit there you cheer for your team if you want to talk to the players you should know they have every right to talk back to you well and trash talk is one thing right if you're sitting on the sideline and you're like Hey, hey, Harden, you suck. Right. You know, like that's one thing. I think yeah, like, if you're there, you're basically on the floor. That's acceptable. Expect it back. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that's person or perfectly acceptable. Yeah, to, to friendly do. or like yeah, playful of, trash talk where trash talk. Yeah, that's totally up. fine. That's fine. When you're actually like throwing stuff at players or onto the court, the only time it's acceptable to throw something on the ice at a hockey game is if there's a hat trick. Literally, Does hockey the- have sock tricks. I mean, I imagine not because I don't know if anybody scored six in a game, but no, I don't think so. Somebody, I'm, I'm sure Gretzky or somebody has scored six in a game. I that's a fair. I have point. to look that up, but um, yeah, I don't think that that's a thing in hockey. Okay. But yeah, no, you're you're right. It, well, and to throw something unacceptable and Not to played. scream expletives or whatever else you're gonna do, or hopefully nobody's yelling slurs. I hope yeah, society hopefully. is. Well, I know they're not better than that, but they should be. But to do that is unprecedented. And while we're semi talking about it, I don't know if you saw recently in the NBA. Uh, some one of the Dallas Maverick fans, yeah, physically like touched or tried to. I the I can't tell if Chris it was like Paul's harm mom, put it like, yeah on his mom and his family members, and Chris Paul obviously took offense to it, and like any sane uh, human would. Yeah, like it it's wild to me and that happened with Luka Doncic when a Suns fan screamed something at him and he turned around in security to stop him like it's out of control these days like pretty soon these leagues are going to either issue a policy where you get kicked out and banned for the rest which I rest of uh your life basically which I know that exists but like the punishments are going to get harsher and they're just or there's just not going to be Courtside seats. Court, yeah, like the punishments are just going to get harsher and then it's going to result in no courtside seats. They have to be this far back from any of the players. You can't sit over tunnels anymore. Um, who knows? If it gets bad enough, no fans at all. Uh, we all know how bad that happen. sucked. I would The leagues and teams would have to figure out a way to earn that revenue back. But Yeah, and that's, that's a huge amount of revenue that they wouldn't be able to get back easily. Right. That will never happen. Fans will always be allowed in. But there's... 99% of fans are fine. Yeah. You know? It's It's those few. It's that 1% that think that they're... Entitled. Yeah, they're entitled or whatever. They think that it's acceptable behavior. 
I don't I don't understand it. But um, yeah, it, it's just that one percent, and I think that I don't think that that one percent is going to ruin it for the other ninety nine percent that can behave in a relatively respective manner. No, I think the one percent is going to turn into five and then ten. And then who knows? I don't think it'll go past like ten percent, really. I, I still because most think people are reasonable. Yeah, I, I don't even think it'll be that high. The one percent of the one percent, the ninety-nine percent of the ninety-nine percent, and I think that that's the way that it's going to stay. I don't think that like that it's not going to spread like a virus or anything like that. Like fans are just going to suddenly be assholes. But uh, um, but yeah. Jumping back into, I actually, I'm reading a report from the fan about the incident. And the quote, again, he says, we don't have Smarties in the States, but we do. And then I read, apparently, Smarties are chocolate in Canada. Yeah, they're different. I was reading that, too. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but when you just played the audio and it said, they don't have Smarties in the States. I was like, we for sure have Smarties. It's not like a good candy, things. but like I don't mind Smarties. I don't mind them, but I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm ever gonna choose them. If I had like, if I had I'm, my no, choice no. of any candy, I'm not gonna be like, yeah, give me those Smarties. I'm not in elementary school trying to look cool anymore. Definitely not. So I, you know, Abs will play in the next round. Um, either the Blues or the Wild one of those two teams they'll play game five tonight at 7 30 um honestly i couldn't care less yeah i don't necessarily want the wild to win i i would rather match up with the blues but i don't necessarily know if i really care yeah i don't i don't care one way or the other uh about it so um and every so Every game or every series is tied 2-2, except for Colorado, obviously, who swept Predators. And the Penguins-Rangers, where the Penguins have a 3-1 to lead yep. in that series. Um, all the other series tied 2-2. Um, Bruins-Hurricane, it, it's, it's been such a weird playoffs. Because it kind of has been. There haven't been any like close games, really. No, it's just uh, been all blowouts. Yeah, uh, there were a couple. Obviously, the uh, the first game in New York, uh, mm-hmm. that went into triple overtime. Wild. Crazy. Um, but, and, and then the overtime game here with uh, the Predators. There was Other a, than that, yeah, it's been a blowout. And there was another like, OT as well in uh, Washington, Florida. Yeah, that's series. like last night. Mm-hmm. Last night. And then Washington should have won that game. They missed an empty netter by a fraction of an inch. <laughs> so that just hurts. Yeah. They they should have won that game. If they would have won that game, they would have been up three to one on Florida. Mm-hmm. Um I could very easily see Washington coming out of that series. Me too. Like that's a, a tough first round matchup. Because yeah. it's not like the Caps are a bad team by any means. They're a very they're capable of contending and competing for a title almost every single year. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the fact that they were in the wild card two spot doesn't mean anything because 
the race in the East was very close apart from a couple teams, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but. And that Oilers King series is just sad, so sad to look at. None of those games outside of game one even seem fun to watch. No, they've been below us like every, four to three was game win. one, then six to nothing, eight to two, and four to nothing. Yeah, the Lightning Leafs game or series has been the same way. I mean, it's it's just been back and forth. And like I said, it's so weird because usually you'll have one team like the Abs. They'll they'll have a blowout. Well, in the Abs case, they had two blowouts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but there's always like a clear better team. Yeah, it hasn't really seemed like that in any of the other series. It'll be a blowout one way, and then the next game, it'll be a blowout the other way. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's been... it, how do you it, how do you predict that when there's no consistency? How do you predict what the next matchup is going to be? Yeah, I that's my issue. Like we were planning on talking about this, and I was doing some research and watching and looking at all the series. And I was like, man, like I flip a coin, like any team can win this series. The only one like you talked about is Pittsburgh Rangers, like Pittsburgh's coming out of it. It's the only other one we know. I don't think that the Rangers are going to win that one. That one may go six, but I think if it comes, Uh, it comes back to Pittsburgh. They'll, they'll they win. win Yeah. They they win win in Pittsburgh. So. I mm, I don't know. I don't know if Pittsburgh's going to lose tomorrow night. They're yeah, in New York, but I just I just have uh, a hard time believing that they're not going to beat them for a uh, third game in a row. Well, I the Rangers are going to give it everything that they've got tomorrow because their season is on the brink now. Yeah, it's it's winter go home. Yeah. So, they're going to give it everything they've got and then they've got those Rowdy New York fans who, you know, they'll hype them up a little bit. I could, I could very easily see this one going back to, back to Pittsburgh. I could. I just, I personally, I think Pittsburgh gets out of it game five. But you know, we like some disagreement here on this show. So I, either way, I do think Pittsburgh wins. I think we're both in agreement there. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. As far as any of these others, I think the Oilers will end up winning that series it might go to seven i don't know um but i i think that edmonton will end up end up coming out of that one yeah um yeah i'm in agreement with you there i think they're gonna win i i think it's gonna go seven to your point though like this series has just been like flip-flopping yeah and I mean, Edmonton, each team stole a game at the other's home built home ice, but I th- I think eventually Edmonton's probably going to win in Game 7, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Edmonton wins tonight or t- yeah tonight in Edmonton and then Game 6, L.A. wins in L.A. Yeah. I mean, you know, Edmonton could put up a couple of good games. I don't know. But yeah, like I said, they- inconsistency. I yeah. don't think it'll carry him past the second round. Oh, no. But the second round is going to be crazy in the NHL playoffs this year. Yeah, no, it's going to be absolutely wild. And I know that a lot of people have talked about the way that they do the playoffs in the NHL. I don't particularly agree with it. 
um, because they they don't recede like they do in the NBA, and they don't just go one through eight. You know, they still do it divisionally, which they say that they're trying to breed rivalries within the division, but yeah, that it doesn't make happen, sense. That will happen organically anyway. Right. So it doesn't make sense to me. I would personally, I would rather see the best two teams in the whatever, East, West, go head to head. You know? Yeah, I'm right there with you. And if, like, why do you need conference standings if they don't apply? Like East and West. Like, it just breaks them up depending on what part of the country they're in. Yeah, but is it really needed if it's just going to go off of each division and they're all going to play until they finally meet in, what is it, the I don't know, the, the semifinals? What do they even call it now that it's broken it? Is it just the divisional or conference semifinals still? So they do... Or conference finals? Round, round two is the, the divisional round. And then it's the conference finals. Okay. So... Yeah, outside of those two things, like it just feels weird to break them up east and west if it doesn't, if they're just taking basically the top four teams from each division. Well, it, it's you know the top three teams from each division, and then two wild cards. Two wild top. cards, but like it, and then it, it's it just doesn't make sense to me. No, it, it doesn't make sense to me either. I think it's the stupidest thing ever. But yeah. that's a, a whole topic that we could get into. Um, that I don't necessarily think that we need to. Either way, yes. Fair. Round Last, two will be wild. It's going to be crazy. Last thing that I wanted to bring up while in the playoffs, and something I forgot to ask you about while we were talking about the Avs, is Darky, Darcy Kemper. Because mm. yeah. uh, avoided a, a horrifyingly bad injury, that one that could have ruined the Avs' playoffs ho- playoff hopes and and cup hopes entirely he's day to day after catching that stick through the mask yeah and, crazy, and straight crazy to thing. the eye um there's no damage you did not have a concussion there's no fractures or anything like that um maybe just cut a little bit yeah some swelling but he i think was on the ice for mm, no maybe he wasn't on the ice for practice yesterday Either way, he's doing okay. He's He'll be good to go for game one of, of round two. Yeah, and that's what made me happy was I was like, when I, I started seeing some of the, he's okay, it's just day-to-day, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because round two and beyond, like, you need him. And yeah. I, our, our backup served yeah. very well. Yeah, Francois did a good job yesterday to, you know, he gave up three, but he kind of locked it down towards the end of the game. Mm. Um, I don't think that Nashville really gave him too much trouble um, after they scored their third goal, but yeah. yeah, He'd be he'd be fine, but yeah, you definitely want to see Darcy back in there because he's, he's your guy. He's your starting goaltender, and it's very hard to win in the playoffs without your starting goaltender. It is. Right. Right, and and so I, I say that as like three other teams are like on their third string goalies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but it, included. But it, you're right. If 
and and really your point is beyond. Like it's very hard to win in the playoffs. You can win round one, maybe round two, but you're not getting out of the conference finals or a cup with a backup goalie or a third string. You need your starter. And bless bless up to the Lord. G's up, my guy. Uh, for for not this not Please being be like the a hockey season. gods. Yeah, seriously. Ser- I was terrified. Yeah, no, watching, I and I was just like, but luckily, yeah, luckily he's okay. So, yeah, should see him back in the second round. Just a little swelling. That's it. Yeah, huge. Um, I did want to read something Nathan McKinnon talking about Kale McCarr yesterday. Who again? Not only is he the leading defenseman, he's the leading points scorer in the playoffs. There's four, there's four scored the OT goal as well. Yeah, it's the so he's got the most points through four games by a defenseman in the NHL history. Not Bobby Orr, not Brian Leach, none of these guys are have that honor. I mean, he's right. been on a different level. So Nathan McKinnon, what I don't think that he was even asked by anybody about Kale McCarr. They might have asked him about the game, but Nathan McKinnon said, and I quote, he might be the best player in the league right now. The way he dominates from the back end is amazing. All season, but in the playoffs, he's taken another step with his leadership in the room, being more vocal and obviously on the ice. He might be one of the best defensemen to ever play by the end of his career at this rate. Um, So he's got 10 points through four games, which is unreal. Like I said, leading point scorer, in the NHL playoffs. Sidney Crosby's up there. Um, I think Connor McDavid is up there, but McCarr's a defenseman. <laughs> he shouldn't yeah, be putting up those kinds of numbers. He's been on a different level all season long, but in the playoffs, it's been unreal. He, he leads. Uh, he's number one with 10. Uh, Marchand is right behind him with nine. Uh, same with Crosby, who has nine. Then... David Perrone is in four. Patrice Bergeron's in five, tied with uh, apparently like 10 guys. I don't yeah. even know how many. that Probably Eyeballing it, it's like 12 who are tied for fifth with six points. Yeah, so, and he's he's leading all of them. Mind you, so, he's only 23. Yeah. He's just going to continue to get better. Yeah, he's not even in his prime. Well, he kind of is, but he's like starting his prime. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just kind of on the brink. He's just going to continue to get better for probably the next four or five years. Yeah. Um, And I I just, I'm thinking about this. Like, what what will he look like throughout that period? Are we going to see a 100-point season, 110-point season? Maybe. What's the most points ever scored in a season? By a defenseman, I want to say it was like 114 or something like that. Oh my lord. It's 139 and Bobby Orr put it up. Yeah. So Bobby Orr was... That's so many points, Dylan. But you you have to understand too, Bobby Orr played in a time where it was easier to score. Same with, obviously, Wayne Gretzky and everything like that. 
goaltenders were just not. Um, Him and Paul Coffey literally have the top 10 spots. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> no, that, it's literally. In, a, in a season, yeah. It's, it's Paul Coffey. Uh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Kale McCarr right now is 31st on that list with 86. Correct. Paul Coffey had 100, or 48 goals that season. Number two yeah. spot. Yeah. Which or, is unreal. But like I said, hockey was different back in that time. Yeah. Oh, Goal for sure. Goalies were not as fundamentally sound as they right. are now. I mean, you go back and watch like those old hockey games, they're like, they look like they're playing soccer. Right. Well, and the goalie pads have become much larger over time. Yeah. Larger, like, lighter. Yeah. Because in know. the 70s, what, you could see half the net? Yeah, basically. And now you see corners, basically, if you're not on the backside? Very hard. I don't think that he will ever get up to number one. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to get them number yeah, one. Those those records are pretty unbreakable. However, I I could see him getting top ten. I could He's see like, that because top he could beat Paul Coffey's records from eighty nine or eighty eight, eighty nine and ninth with one thirteen, or Coffey in eighty nine to ninety with one hundred three. He could easily get there. I think so. Well, he, I say easily as if he, that it's easy to score in hockey, but. Yeah, it's not easy to score in hockey. Ask yeah. me how I know. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that he absolutely has the ability to get up there in the next few years. So Yeah, I agree. We'll I agree. And uh, last thing I want to bring up in this show, we mentioned it in the header, the legendary Patrick Marlowe has ended his illustrious NHL career. He was drafted the first round, second overall to San Jose Sharks, 1997. He played uh, with the Sharks until 2016. Uh, in one stint, joined him again in 2019-2020 season, and then this year he played with, or last, last year. year. Last yeah. year. He was with them as well. Over his career, he's played but according to NHL.com, it does not have this year's stats. It, it looks like built into this, this at, at this moment. Oh, right. Um, but he played 1,779 games, scored 1,197 points, racked up 566 goals, 631 assists in his entire career. And I don't know how much you could say everything about uh, Marlowe. He's one of the one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, I mean, certainly um, longest tenured. He beat Gordy Howe's record uh, last year, I believe, is what it was. Um, and which I think he was gifted Gordy Howe's stick. I think so. A cool piece of uh, of respect from the Howe family. Um, and that's that was not an easy thing to do. 1,779 games 
is a long time. That's a lot of games to play in the NHL where it is just brutally physical. Um, it's unreal. So that's that's huge. Awesome for him. Sad to see him go, but I mean, he had quite the career. Um, mainly with San Jose, obviously, but a couple of years with Toronto. And then a few games with Pittsburgh. I think they picked him up at the deadline. Yeah, and then I, I think he was really just trying to get them to a title. He was just one of those guys. Yeah, you you wanted you wanted to see him win a cup because he never has. Yeah. So, um, but sad to see him go. But man, played for in four different decades, which is <laughs> wild. Hey, four different no, decades. Nobody will ever pass that record though, set uh, by <laughs> Jerome Yocker. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. That, Dude. that guy's been playing since the 80s, and he's still playing professional hockey, which blows my mind. He's in it's, his 50s playing professional hockey. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, we don't we don't have a ton to say about Marlowe, but it was sad to see him go. It feels right. He was in the league forever. Yeah. But it's not going to be the same without him. We haven't had him this year, but it's it's going to be different. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him behind a bench or in a front office somewhere soon. No, wouldn't surprise me in the least. I think he'll kind of stick around the San Jose organization. Um, yeah. Because he's just been a staple in that community. Uh, he could do other things, but yeah. I, we have not seen the last of Patrick Marlowe. No, he will be involved in, in hockey in some sort. It'll just be a matter of time until he decides that that is what he's going to do. He Deserves to let his body rest a little bit more uh, after playing for 23 seasons and one of the most brutal sports on your body. Yeah. He he deserves to put his feet up, relax, go hit some golf balls on his off days. Uh, and uh, his off days are when he wants to get off the couch. So <laughs> I, 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 I got nothing more to say about him he's he's just one of those guys that was a staple of hockey when i was growing up he came into the league two years before i was born but it, it, i grew up kind of with his hockey career and so it's just cool to see him uh get his flowers yeah definitely is so definitely is so we'll be missed patrick but uh we are glad to have seen you play yeah yeah, but that is going to do it for today's episode of the Wired Up Sports Podcast. Make sure to go listen to all of our episodes from previous weeks. We did not get to an episode last week because I was way too busy. Um, I'm just going to be honest, uh, but go check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, check us out. It's the Wired Up Sports Podcast, the gray logo. Check out our Twitter as well. It's the Wired Up Sports Podcast there. The at is wired underscore up underscore sports. Check us out. Tweet, tweet at us. Let us know what you want to hear. But have a great rest of your day, everybody. This has been the latest episode of the Wired Up Sports Podcast. <laughs>